This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the AEW Dynamite AfterBuzz TV After Show. We are coming to you live from all across sunny Southern California. And have we got a show for you. But before we get into all the Fast and Furious Fighter Fest fights, let me introduce <laughs> to you the amazing panel I get to work with today. He is the enforcer of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Josh Alonzo. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty well. I got the Fighter Fest shirt on going on. So, you know, just a you know, fresh summerish feel. So I'm ready to get started. Matching the vibe. And with us also, as always, Always, he is the host of the Believe in NXT podcast. He goes by Sed Says. Cedric, how you doing? What's up, Jack? I'm doing good, man. Excited that we get to talk Fighter Fest day one in the books. Day one. And of course, you know him as the infamous 50%. Mark, 50% kayfabe, 100%. Wrestling fan is 200% Sean McHugh. I think I botched it. (laughs) Sean McHugh, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good. The inner circle is 0-2, but Jericho is undefeated when it comes to being an announcer. He he is so good on that microphone. But folks, before I forget, I am your benevolent host. They call me Fancy Jack Farmer, and I'm going into business for myself right now, folks. It's my one-year anniversary on air and after buzz to the date. So I'm super excited about this show. But before we talk all about me, as always, I let me go ahead yeah. and get everyone's thoughts on the show said let's start with you what'd you think of the show man the action blew my mind uh my favorite match of the night had to be um Santana and Ortiz versus Hardy Party I'm just gonna say Hardy Party because Matt was out there that was mm-hmm. and then and then of course uh Hikaru Shida man that that yeah. match with Penelope Cruz is amazing as well um I just feel like Shida brings out the best out of all the other performers and performers on the women's roster I was floored by that match I agree. I think there were so many good matches tonight. Everyone looked good. Josh, how did you feel overall? Overall, pay-per-view quality event. I mean, even if it was on free TV and everything, the match rate of every one of each of the card for just week one was absolutely amazing. My favorite match happens to be the kickoff with Jurassic Express versus MJF and Wardlow. I thought that brought down the house. They, I feel like all of them were match of the night contenders, but Sean, how about you overall? What'd you think? Uh, I'm going to piggyback on Josh. That was definitely my favorite match of the night as well. Um, I will say I was a little let down by the, the tag team title match. I mm. felt like, I felt like it was kind of a weak way to close it. Uh, it just, I, I felt like all of a sudden, like it just was over and I was, uh, okay. Did somebody mess up? Did somebody get hurt? I'm not sure. If this is how they planned it, but it seemed a little because the rest of the show was so good and it just seemed a little lackluster for me. 
Yeah, it was a tough it was a tough act to follow everyone else, especially with those two, because it seems like the tag team champions seem to be putting on match of the nights every time they come out. So I don't know about you guys, but my expectations were up really high. Uh, overall, I, I, I agree with everyone. I loved Jericho on commentary. When is he not oh, yeah. a good addition to commentary? Uh, I think he needs to get a little portable headset. And even when he has matches going, have a little thing going on. <laughs> the uh, CMLL reference was gold. I oh, love Jericho yeah. on that. <laughs> The whole way through, I liked. Uh, he he took. He had a funny little shot where he was saying he was sick of the word grit and how yeah. he'd been hearing it too much in 2020, which is a uh, little little fun little. And not to mention, there. happy Canada Day to everyone, especially our Canadian oh, yes. fans. Yeah, <laughs> Jericho in that Canadian tuxedo. Oh, you- <laughs> that jacket, man. That jacket. So it good. was. It was great. I loved it. Uh, but yeah, I want to go to Sean. I want to go to what you said and, and really kick us off with this main event. It started with Trent's mom dropping off the best friends. <laughs> well, I thought it was such a fun way because so many people have been driving up to the arena. It was fun to have them do that. And it was just a pitch perfect for that character and the, those two guys. Uh, overall thoughts said, let, let me get your opinion on this sh- uh, match. I know Sean wasn't super impressed. Were you impressed by it? Or did, how did you feel about this tag team title match? I was okay with it. I was okay with it from top to bottom. I thought they did a very good job in this match. I was, I've been growing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I've grown a little bit tired of the driving up to the arena angle. I thought it was great that they had the mom drop them off and then ask for the kiss on the cheek. So I thought that just played up to the character. If anything, I'm a little, I was underwhelmed with the ending because I really thought the best friends are going to come out victorious tonight. And I feel like, where do you go from here with Hangman and, and Kenny? You know what? I, I'm just going to say, I feel like you have this lightning in the bottle with Kenny Omega. He's supposed to be the best wrestler in the world and you're wasting them every single week. Interesting. You think they're wasting Kenny wow. Omega. Josh, do you agree? That's that's a big comment. We can't just let that hang in the air. Josh, you got to respond to that. Is Kenny Man. Omega wasted as a tag team champion? I mean, yeah, he is. I mean, he is. I mean, I understand why he's in the tag division to really bolster up the tag team ranks. But then that in itself is a contradiction because now we have so many other great teams. We got we got the Young Bucks. We got FTR. We got the Hardy Party. I'm gonna call them that now because thanks, Sean. Hardy mm-hmm. Party. And we got so many up and coming tag teams that are ready to take that mantle of tag team champions. So I think to to agree with Cedric, tonight should have been the night where they should have lost. And, you know, the best friends should have gotten that win. But Hey, bookings go one way and fans say another. I find myself loving Kenny Omega and loving Hangman Page at levels so far beyond what I used to feel for them. I'm loving them as a team. I feel like you're right. I feel like like I feel like they should move on from that and go into singles runs, but every time they're about to get pinned, there's this part of me that's like, no, don't lose the title. Sean, <laughs> did the right team win tonight? Absolutely not. No, I'm, I'm done with this tag team. I, you know, these guys are really good and, you know, obviously they always put on a good show, but I'm, I'm, there's that purist in me that wants a real tag team to have these belts. I think this is a really good opportunity also to give best friends. Like they've been, they've been, I think they've earned this to have the right to have this title. 
at this point. You know, again, their gimmick on paper does not work at all. The mom driving them in, <laughs> that doesn't work. But, yes, it does because these guys are just – they're committed. They have something that, you know, we haven't seen before. And, you know, as, as wrestling fans from, from the days of old, I love, I love when people try to reinvent things. So they should have the titles. Do you, so what do you think they do now? Do you think they just start from, start from the bottom and work their way back up? What's next for the best friend, Sean? Do you, like, they didn't win. Uh, do they have to repackage or do they just wait and bide their time? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, we have this interesting thing where they threw at us that we have now, a private party is going to face them for that. And is it for the titles next week or not? I wasn't it's sure. For the titles. For the titles. For it's for the like the private titles. Had the, they won the number one contender match on the pre-show, like, what, three, four weeks ago? And then it just, yeah. we just forgot all about it. Okay. So, I mean, are they going to do this weird thing? We're just going to give them the private party now? I mean, you know, obviously those guys are good as well. I, I don't know. That's a great question, Jack. I don't know where we go for, for best friends now. It's it's very interesting. This is the most I've said before. It's the deepest tag team division I can remember having in any company for a long time, because as as this match was happening, we saw FTR on stage watching along and they they did a really cool thing at the end where they came out with with some beers and Hangman was pretty excited to celebrate with them. And Omega was absolutely not all for all. Then, of course, the Young Bucks come out all these teams looking like they could be tag team title contenders. Um, and, and, and going back to that split maybe between hangman and Omega, uh, Cedric, do you think that, uh, that hangman and Omega are ready for the split after this? Or do you think that, I don't know. I was watching, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. I don't want to project too much or predict too much. Cause you never can tell. I kind of have a feeling hangman may end up siding with FTR at mm. some point down the road. Mm-hmm. So, so Cedric, like oh, sorry, I, 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 yeah, sorry, I said I asked a question and then I walked all over the question. I, so. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're fine. I, I feel like they were trying to tease that. I, I don't, I don't see a fit there with Hangman and FTR right now, but I see they're trying to tease it, and I get the whole angle they're trying to pour with uh, Kenny being more straight edge and everybody else not wanting to partake in alcohol. So it's like that. They're an odd couple. They're just great singles performers. And that's my reasoning for saying that, hey, eventually some team's going to have to knock them off because you're just, there's this glass ceiling for every other tag team in the division that's really over right now. And if we had fans in attendance, we would see that. But um, mm-hmm. I think the split is naturally going to happen. I don't think it'll be as a result of FTR. I think it has to happen when they lose the belts. And it's, I think it's going to be dissension in ring where they have a miscommunication or something like that. I want to ask you, uh, I don't know if you're a, a, a gambling man, but the next person, next people to have a shot at the tag team titles, as we talked about, said, are uh, Hardy Party. I want to ask you, if you were a betting man, would you bet Hardy Party takes the titles or anybody else on the roster? So you can either take Hardy Party, who gets the next shot, or you get the field. Which would you take? I feel like I took uh, Best Friends of Night, but I feel like they have to have something big happen on night two. And I feel mm-hmm. like Matt Hardy indirectly mm-hmm. is going to give Hardy Party the rub. So I, I said, why not, man? Why not put it on Hardy yeah. Party? So, yeah. Like, Hardy's yeah, not I, doing I, anything right now. So, I mean, he's giving them the rub. It does give them something. I, I feel like Private Party, Hardy Party is definitely a team that has things going. But we need – they need to be reestablished as a, a legit winning team and – Pulling off an upset and winning the titles could be it. Josh Alonzo, uh, 
do you think it's the right time night two fighter fest for Hardy party with the power of Matt Hardy at their side? Is it the time for them to take the titles from hangman and Omega? I'm going to say no, only because I don't think it's necessarily their time yet. Maybe within a month from now, maybe within next year, totally private party. You're going to win the tag team titles. That's just not, that's just none. Just not a thing. That's a non-question, but do I think next Mm. week, are they going to win the titles? I don't think so. Not yet. It's a little too fresh of the team. I mean, definitely them winning against Pride and Powerful tonight was a really good step moving forward. But do I think next week are they going to win it? No, I think Kenny uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page are going to retain. You seem pretty confident that they're going to win the titles in a few uh, down the road. But when I look at the roster and I see FTR waiting for a chance to hold those titles, and I see the Young Bucks and I see the Lucha Brothers and I see all these other amazing tag teams. Are you sure that maybe this isn't a very small window that they have a chance to win these? I don't think so. It's further down the line. I mean, like you said, there is a lot of competition within a tag team, but in the tag team division, but I do see private party because they are kind of reminiscent charisma wise as the Hardy boys. And of course the fans love the Hardy boys. And I feel like it's going to reciprocate onto them. And then further down the line, because of the massive just rumblings of all the fans, they're going to have to put the titles on them eventually. So I think so in the future now, not, not so much. Now, can I, can I add something? Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's very interesting because when, when he was saying, you know, or you actually, you were saying all these other huge tag teams, but the reality is none of them need a title to be good. Private party though, really could use a bump. And, you know, I'm just, this occurred to me now, they have like the, their similar gimmick in the other federation has mm-hmm. the titles right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just saying they always, they like to steal from each other. So this would be a good way to do it and then kind of put these guys over and then get a kind of a younger vibe uh, going with the title. You make an interesting point about them needing the titles to basically be relevant because yeah, FTR, they don't need anything right now. They're, they are a hot team right now. The young bucks could do nothing for a year. This is their company. They'll always be interesting. Uh, even like proud and powerful who we'll talk about in a second here. I have some, some thoughts on them. Uh, but they're with the inner circle. So they've got that built in. The Lucha Brothers, they're they're like super villains or superheroes, depending on which side of the tracks they're working for that day. Uh, Butcher and the Blade, they look cool. So they're always going to stand out, even if they lose all the time. Uh, but yeah, Private Party is one of those teams that they're not winning. What are they there for? I don't know if it's because they're youth or uh, because they're just not established or whatever, but they do feel like they need, need to win. Um, I, I wanted to, again, I had mentioned, I want to chat a little bit about uh, proud and powerful. I, I tweeted today, and if you didn't see the tweet, maybe you're not following me, and maybe you should at Real Jack Farmer. But the, uh, uh, I think, uh, and said, correct me if I'm wrong here. I feel like Proud and Powerful might be the most underrated tag team going right now because they are amazing together. They have everything you could want. But when we talk about the best tag teams going, they never seem to come up. Are they one of the most underrated teams going right now, Cedric? Yeah, and I think it's no fault of their own. It's because, like you said, they have the inner circle angle going, so you're indirectly in a bunch of inner circle angles. So we kind of forget about them as a tandem, but they put on some bangers for sure. Yeah, I feel like they're another team that I feel like both of them could be interesting as singles competitors, but I just like seeing them together. I do wish they had a a faster tag team name to say than proud and powerful. That's kind of a mouthful each time I say it. Uh, Josh, I want to ask you though, this was a PM, the PMP. That's good. That's true. I always want to call them just the inner circle. I feel like there's inner circle tag team. Um, (laughs) Kind of like in the NWO days when the NWO had a tag team outside of the outsiders, you just said it's the NWO. Uh, uh, Josh, I want to ask you though, this 
last uh, the last pay-per-view at Double or Nothing, it was a rough night for the Inner Circle. Uh, this is the next set of super shows, and they're 0-2. Is... This a bad sign if you're an inner circle fan? Is this a bad sign of things to come for the inner circle? I don't think so. They they have all the talent in the world for them to recapture all the titles or eventually capture all the titles in a sense. So I don't think having the setback is not necessarily a bad thing because they always can rebound it. I mean, of course, you have a powerhouse such as Jake Hager who can always rebound from a loss regardless. You have the Pride and Powerful who are one of the mm. top tag teams in the world possibly and then you have of course le champion chris jericho it's for me it's not a problem if they lose it wouldn't be a problem it would just be a minor setback and then further down the line they could do it i saw some uh some not agreeing facial expressions uh, as you were talking there but uh i want to make sure we uh, we'll get to that in a second we call that a tease in the business ladies and gentlemen we're going to talk about that in a little bit but before we talk about that Sean, could you do the world a favor and let them know where they can find shows like ours and other shows from AfterBuzz TV? Yeah, definitely. You know, we are the ESPN of TV talk. We got wrestling. We got whatever you want to talk about. Whatever show you watch, I will almost guarantee we have a show for you. So please like, subscribe, share, tune in to us, of course, but tune in to everything because we got lots of stuff for you because we are the ESPN of TV talk. Yes, and yeah, absolutely. Make sure to give us those five-star reviews, like, mm-hmm. comment, subscribe, all the things you always hear from every podcast. We say it because it's important. So please do us a favor. Do that. Shout out to everyone in the chat. We got Boza in the chat. As always, we got Dang MQ, Blade Runner. We even got Flobo Boyce and Anissa Barr hanging out in the chat, chatting it up. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for being around. Haywood Wong was in there. A little bit ago, I saw uh, coming through. So you guys are always appreciated. Thanks for being a part of the show. We also saw another little promo, not just this AfterBuzz one. We saw one uh, during the show and and said, you are one of my favorite analysts for pro wrestling. You've got a mind for it. You can really deep dive into things. So I want your take and your opinion and all of your projections and predictions for what is sure to be a classic, massive event that's going to happen next week. It's called the Wrestling Puppy Bowl. Uh, what, <laughs> what do you, what wow, do you I love that. I love that build. That was nice. I love that. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, are we, wow. uh, what are we expecting from the Puppy Bowl? <laughs> oh, man, I have no idea. It's, and it's supposed to be Battle Royal style, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what it is. The first thing that came to mind for me is I thought that Cody's dog, Pharaoh, just like tossing little baby puppies out of a ring. That's the first thing that came to mind for me. Yeah. You know, as people have been saying, if Cody can't get the title, he's going to try to push everyone else in his family to him, including Pharaoh. Pharaoh's the next one. That's the first thing I thought of. Uh, Yeah, um, if I had to pick, I think I'm going to go with like a Great Dane or one of the big dogs that hard to get over the top rope. I don't know. I don't know what this is going to be. But uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting, interesting thing they're doing there. It'll be fun to see. But I want to ask you for real. This is a real question. I'm going to pass it on over to uh, said. I'm going to actually ask you a real uh, wrestling analytical question. I want to. I want you to break down a little bit more of uh, Hikaru Shida and Penelope Ford in their match. What did you think of that one? I thought it was a banger. Yeah, man. So. I think now I can see why I took the belt off Nala Rose. It's because you have to put the belt on your best performer in the division. 
And what Cheetah does is she gets the best out of every, every whoever's on the other side of the ring, she's going to get the best out of them. They've built up Penelope Ford little by little the past few weeks, but she seemed like a viable threat in this match. You actually felt like she can defeat uh, Akara Cheetah with, even without Kip Sabian there. There was a couple yeah. of close calls, things like that. And what I love that they did is uh, Cheetah hit the Falcon Arrow and it wasn't enough to defeat Penelope Ford. So mm-hmm. even though she lost clean, she's a viable threat now. And I love that. You build up your women's division that way, uh, one by one, with Sheeta taking everybody on. Yeah, it's it's very interesting in how the women's division has sort of played out from the beginning of the company. They had Riho as the champion, and I don't know what the situation was, but it seemed like she was never really around. And I feel like it kind of stunted the growth for whatever reason of the division. Uh, then Nyla Rose took the, the title, and then Sheeta took the title. It feels like we're getting the real boost in what the women's division is supposed to be and what we're supposed to see. And I agree with you. I think Penelope Ford looked great. She has some uh, low-key, might have some of my favorite music, by the way. Way in in AEW, uh, Josh. I want to talk to you. You're a pro, you're a producer. You know a little bit about production and and making things look good visually and audibly. Uh, I want to talk to you about this opening video package that really hyped this match. How do you feel AEW does with these kind of videos? I felt like it made the ma- the match feel more important. It's amazing with the production value that AEW has. I mean especially with your credits, you, every time they have a promo package for each any type of match, it exponentially rate, it propels that match to tenfold because it makes every match seem super important. Not just giving the promo packages to the main event, which would be fine, but then you're treating each of these matches as their own individual entity. And when you give that, emo- when you give the emotion, when you give that type of production value to each of these matches, it really hones in each of these things. And I think that is a great thing to have, especially with such a big company like this, especially with so much talent you always want to propel each of these talents to the best of the capabilities and these promo packages deliver to the best these this promo i think that that's absolutely on point and uh i think with this match uh something that stands out to me is you have Sheeta trying to build upon this women's division help kind of build it up it, it's been criticized before let's just be honest in the past uh they're trying to build it up and they're doing it without some major stars both chris statlander and Britt Baker are injured. They're on the shelf for the foreseeable future. Um, Big Swole building towards a feud with Britt Baker, which I think makes her status in the ring a little shaky because her big thing is going on with someone who's not in the ring. Uh, Sean, I want to ask you, is Sheeta the right person to build the division around in this current state and time? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with her. I mean, you know, she can definitely perform. I, you know, uh, I really think, I like what Cedric said. I think she brings out you know, the best in people. I was, I was really impressed with Penelope. You know, I really hadn't seen her do much, but, you know, besides kind of be Sabian's kind of, you know, lackey. So this was, uh, I was very impressed. That matrix move was, was on point. Uh, and the fact that she kicked out of the, you know, of the, uh, the Falcon arrow, like, I was like, wow, they, this might, she might get it. I don't know where this is going. I was on the edge of my seat by the end. Uh, although I do have to, I have to call out Kim Sabian on that horrible kendo cell. Wow. <laughs> that was just not like, I mean, he, it's like he threw it up in the air instead of getting it knocked out of his hand. So, uh, but that's okay. It's all good. Um, yeah, no, I, I like her in this position. Uh, I, I'm, I think, you know, it's funny. She hasn't reminds me a little bit of, uh, um, not, not, no, I'm going to say the wrong word now. Um, Shinsuke, Shinsuke, Shinsuke. 
Yeah. It's a little bit of a Shinsuke Nakamura. Vibe. You were going to say yeah, Naka- Nakamura? I was going to say Nakazuma. That's why I was correcting oh, myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, she. I, I felt like with uh, Penelope Ford, there was something that uh, Bubba Ray Dudley um, tweeted out a while back. It was about something different, but it still stayed, stood with me as I was watching this. Uh, getting over is better than going over. And even though Penelope Ford lost, I mm. feel like she has now set herself up as a champion caliber player in the women's division. I don't know what's next for her. I don't know what her next step is. Um, and back Cedric, what do you think? If you're, you're looking at kind of what's going on in the women's division, what do you do with someone like Penelope Ford, who's clearly talented, clearly has a lot to offer. Uh, do you just kind of give her a, a few to build her up a bit? Or do you uh, like have her get a rematch? Where do you, where do you go with her? I don't think she needs a rematch, but she can actually go into other matches week after week and win those matches because now she's the viable threat. She pushed the champion to her limits, and we've seen that. There's a, a lot of other competitors that she can build up wins against to bring her back to this plateau against Sheeta or whoever is champion at that time. And I would like to see her on the mic some more too. I would like to see yeah. her uh, on the mic calling out Sheeta, building up to that next moment. It's interesting. Uh, Kip Sabian, used, Penelope Ford started managing Kip Sabian as AEW started. And now it seems that Kip Sabian's managing Penelope Ford. He's so good at being the slip on a banana peel kind of guy on the outside. Uh, Josh, do you almost think it's a detriment? Is he too good at being a, a slip on a banana peel guy? Do you think he needs to serious up a little bit? Or is this just a perfect, you know, get in where you fit in kind of thing? I don't think so. I think it's a perfect get in where you fit in because they both have that capability to be each other's managers. And I think that's great because most of the times you always see a wrestler accompanied with the manager. Even if the manager is a wrestler, you hardly ever see the manager do any type of wrestling. So I think it's really cool that they can switch off and do their thing. So if Penelope has a match, Kip has a hold back. And if Kip has a match, then Penelope has a hold back. So I definitely do love the, uh, the flip flop, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I love those two. I think they're amazing. Um, but there's another couple that I want to talk about. And Sean, and this is coming to you. This yeah. one's coming in hot. We right. had Jake Hager and his wife take on Cody Rhodes in the TNT title match. Now, earlier, Josh was talking about how Jake Hager can lose some matches and still be a threat. And you did not look like you agreed with that opinion. How do you feel about Jake Hager? Well, first of all, can somebody please get this guy some decent ring gear? Please. <laughs> it I mean, does look on. a little bit like underwear. I mean, it was exactly. It was like, a, a, your, you know, your Under Armour? What are you wearing, bro? Like, it kind of looks like one of those creator wrestlers you make, and it's just like, okay, slap on pre-asset number one, and then call yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Like, and especially when you're going against Cody, who always brings it with the gear. You yeah. know, I mean, I get it. That's not his thing. Like, he doesn't care about it, but. I don't know. I just felt like, did you just wake up today and throw those shorts on? I, <laughs> this is a title match. Come on. Um, yeah. I will say, uh, you know, I think it was a good match. Um, I don't know why we brought Dustin out at the end. I, that just seemed like overkill to me. We didn't need it. it for me, that actually kind of undercut the match a little bit. Uh, undercut Cody, really. Um, mm-hmm. Although, I, man, Cody's, when he did that cutter from the off the top rope, he pa- like he literally paused and was like, hang on, I'm not ready yet, and then did it. Like <laughs> I was like, wow, this guy is I love Cody so much. Uh I love that that Jericho um uh he corrected 
Excalibur because Excalibur called it a Vader bomb, but then Jericho said, "No, it's a hanger bomb." Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, and there was an impre- a very impressive throw by him. I just, I don't know. I just keep going back and forth with this guy. I don't think, I don't think he's he definitely doesn't have mic skills, and I think I think he's best as like the brute of the inner circle. Like that's I think where he fits in best for me. It did seem weird to me that a title match like this with Cody Rhodes, who's probably your biggest, one of your biggest characters on the show, was this early in the match. I or, or this early in the night. I expected them to close out the night personally. Mm. Um, did it makes me want? I was wondering if this was maybe a little bit of internal doubt with Hager because obviously there's no doubt in Cody. Cody's going to show out every time. Um, I thought, and I can't remember her name. I should have written it down. I, I do want to say, though, and uh, Josh, let me know if I'm wrong on this. I feel like his wife's a great manager. I think she was great on the outside. She did seem like she was shocked at how hard she hit Cody, uh, though. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she's not used to doing that. <laughs> I've At that moment when I saw that, I'm just, in, the, in the back of her mind, she's like, oh, my goodness, are you okay? Oh, my goodness. But she tried to hold so hard not to hold, like, to fully sell it. She's just like... <laughs> So yes. I think once she learns how to really play up that heel, then it'll be fine because I do agree with you. She makes a perfect manager for Jake Hager, especially just like a heel manager. So it's perfect. Is there coming back for Jake Hager? He's, I don't think he's ever won a, a big match. He's, he's lost all of his big matches. I think he's won some dark matches, but all of his big matches, Josh, I feel like you're a Jake Hager guy. Cause he's a legit fighter. And I know that's kind of your wheelhouse. Is there like bringing him back to bring a credible one-on-one match guy? Is he still a credible guy? I think you alluded to that before, or like, what are your thoughts on where he goes from here? I think you can save him only by one thing. They really have to play up on his MMA background. If they really want to legitimize him and be the powerhouse and be the dominator that he can be really play up on that MMA background. And that starts with the attire too. I mean, it's a basic thing. Get him some fight shorts, get him some branding on it, get him the four ounce gloves, just have him play up to that character that he can be. Obviously he's legitimate. He's two Oh no in Bellator. So play up on that same thing. Like they do with Brock Lesnar play up on that attitude of him being an MMA fighter, him being so dominant, use his wrestling, use the ground and pound, use his submission arsenal. And that's how you can rebuild them back. And that's how you can make him a credible threat. It's interesting. Yeah. With the tights, we keep going back to this. It's, I get they're trying to make it look like MMA and MMA doesn't necessarily have all the frills that wrestling outfits have, but there's a difference between being realistic and being interesting. You know, Uh, I I think he doesn't, even if it's just, even they make it look like branding for marketing, like a lot of MMA guys have, even if it has like inner circle branding or Jericho (laughs) branding or something to make it look like he's sponsored. A little bit of the bubbly. (laughs) yeah yeah like a little bit of the bubbly on the side uh i just i feel like i'm losing i'm kind of losing connection with him as even a bruiser uh said do you agree is there future for for jake hager do they need to to change something do they need to have him leave the uh the inner circle where's where's he go i'm the wrong guy to ask man i i have never been a hager fan swagger fan i think his vader bombs are cringe and i wish he would stop doing them I hate it. I hate the Hanes underwear he wore to the ring. It's, it's, it's downhill from here, man. I'm just, I do agree with Josh. If you took a play on his MMA background, because it's legitimate, have him do some, some more submissions, actually get some MMA style trunks. And like you said, the four ounce gloves, then it's more believable. 
I don't, I don't need to hear him cut promos. Maybe his wife gets to a point where she can cut the promos for him, but I think he's better being the heater for the inner circle. You come in, do the dirty work, you're menacing as far as a singles career. Not so much. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. He has to be the bruiser for an inner circle and that's it. I don't see him winning any big matches to put him in any type of um, mid card or main belt contention at all. I, I, I just can't see it. And to go back to what Sean said, I feel like they brought Dustin out because two weeks ago, Cody was talking about, well, where are my allies? He said, mm -hmm. where am I part of the nightmare collective? Am I even a part of the elite? Mm -hmm. It seems like I'm on an Island by myself. So I think they're trying to build that aspect for Cody back up. That's an interesting point yeah. because okay. that that's actually a really fair point. I was, I wanted to follow up on, on Hager uh, with you though, Cedric, do you think the fact that like when they brought him in, he was, outside of maybe Luchasaurus, by far the biggest guy on the roster. Uh, but then since then, they've got Archer, they've got all these big guys. Do you think that just hurt his stock and there's just not as much value in him at this point? Yes, because all the, we, we see the, the... I guess we see the leaps and bounds some of the other big men can do in the ring, how athletic there are. And Hager isn't that style of wrestler. So I think you have to play up to him just being the guy that beats people up. Yeah, Maybe get some cheap wins for other guys in the inner circle, and that's how you make him more menacing unless you want to put him in there with another guy of his stature and do that type of thing. Maybe he can battle a Luchasaurus or something like that. Yeah. Did, did, uh, how did you feel, uh, Cedric, we'll just keep, keep with you here. How did you feel Cody handled himself in this match? I feel like he got the best match Hager's had in AEW out of him. That's not saying much to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> not, I'm trying to find real? a positive. Sing. <laughs> that's not that's not saying much to me. But I mean, yeah, I feel like he did get some good moments out of Hager. I feel one thing I will say, they did protect Hager a little bit. They they protected mm -hmm. his identity with the finish. So I think yes. they do have to see something in him because that finish where he thinks he wins mm. can put him in a different position down the road. So even though he has two losses, it doesn't really feel that way. Yeah, if that's that's true because especially he sold to be to Hager's credit, he sold that very well too, like standing up and being like, "Yeah, hey, I won," and not just immediately looking at the ref like, "What?" Uh, As if we don't hear Cody's music playing in the background. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their their volume's kind of low. Maybe he couldn't hear it over the roar of the crowd. Uh, <laughs> um, I kind of thought this was going to be a moment where Cody loses the title and they move on. Uh, Josh, who, who do you see taking this, this title next? Who do you think the next TNT title challenger is going to be? Ooh, that's a great question in itself. Uh, legit. I mean, if he's doing it every week, there's going to be plenty of them in between, but like the legit yeah. challenger. I think to me, it's either, it's either Archer that might go back for it and win the title or, playing up on something that we saw in the beginning, MJF costing the match to him and Wardlow actually taking the title. So for me, between Archer and Wardlow, I think. Oh, I love the Wardlow. That opens up so many possibilities. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, especially because what if MJF gets jealous and he's like, how come you're the champion? I want to be the champion. Oh, I love it so much. Um, let's just go to it. Let's just go to that. Let's just go to Wardlow, MJF and Jungle Express. They had a banger of a match to start the show. Sean, walk me through it. How'd you feel? Uh, I, I love this match. First of all, I got to say him coming out in the pink tights. I was like, this is shades of like Mr. Perfect for me. 
Like, that's where this guy is. Like, I, every time, I, every week, I like him more and more. I remember when I first saw him, I'm like, why is this guy here? And now it's like, oh, I get it. Like, he is so good at being that, like, that, like, this awful heel that, like, he's like, yes. one of the pure heels we have in wrestling at all, let alone AEW. Um, and he, like, he leans into it. And I, I, this, this is a great match. You know, these two big guys going at it again, but then with the other people in, in, the, in the mix as well. Like, I'm just, every week I'm like, how are these guys this athletic? They're too big to be this athletic, and they, they just bring it. Um, I love the whole gimmick of the backfire of the ring. Like, that's a great thing. I think this is a great win for Lucha Express. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't say enough about this match. This was definitely my favorite match of the night. I thought every single person came out looking exactly the way they were supposed to look. And as you'd mentioned with MJF, I think he's one of the few people that gets it as far as being, he's supposed to be unlikable. And I think so many times people are like, I'm the bad guy, but I want to be the cool bad guy. And even you see it a bit with the inner circle and how they're bad guys, but they're kind of funny about it. And so they're still kind of likable where I think everything MJF does is like, no, I want people to hate me and not like me. And as things start to work, I'm going to change it because I don't want people to get into it. Uh, even like like the robe was horrible looking. It was absolutely Awful. atrocious. Awful. It was atrocious. But I think that's what he wants. He doesn't want a cool looking robe. He wants yeah. to make us be like, oh, this thing's terrible. Uh, um, uh, said is is MJF the best heel going in in a? He's got to be the best villain in AEW right now, right? Absolutely. The promo where he talked about um, where he brought up Luke Perry. Uh, Sorry, brought up uh, Jungle Boy's dad and counting money. And then I mm-hmm. love how he teed up like, hey, we're in a ratings war. That's why you bring me out first. <laughs> yes. That's pure heel work. <laughs> yes. I love it. He called it out. That was my favorite thing. He said, yeah, it's a ratings war. I'm the best. I was so, ah, uh, MJF, you are a darling. I love it. Um, and then, uh, but Wardlow. Wardlow just looked like a big freight train truck of a dude that just took, he took a, a ring to the face. Then he took like six kicks. He took some backflips. He took some slams. Josh, even though we, we mentioned before the whole getting over better than going over, did Wardlow, Wardlow came off better. Am I crazy? I mean, it took the army and then some to bring him down. I mean, that finishing sequence is so amazing. And to put him over it and still look good in defeat, I think he has, I think, better of a future than Jake Hager does. I think I mm-hmm. see more Wardlow going to the world title and Jake Hager maybe going to TNT, maybe. Yeah, I think this match made me a believer in Wardlow. I think he's got so much potential and talent. I mean, he was always a big guy. He always had a good look and stuff, but that's a dime a dozen in wrestling these days. But watching him today, throwing people around and taking all this damage, uh, Someone else that stood out to me, as always, he always does such a good job, Jungle Jack Perry. Sean, he j- I felt like he had the, the plucky, underdog, fighting little guy thing down to a T. He's got it perfect. How do you feel about Jungle Jack Perry at this point? Uh, yeah, again, this, 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 whole, this whole team, Lucha Express, another one where, like, on paper, I'm like, he, wait, he's a dinosaur? What? You know, and then you see these guys work and they're just, they just work. Like they, they have no fear. They're innovative. 
Uh, and I, I mean, it, the fact that there's like three sizes of them, right? Like it's so good. <laughs> it's so like, cause like the little guy, what's the little guy? I can't remember the little guy's name. Marco Stunt. Yeah. Yeah. Like that guy yeah. should not be in a wrestling ring. Right. Like, unless it's a midget yeah. match and yet right. he's in there with Wardlow and like killing it. So this whole, this whole gimmick, this works for me again. This is where AEW, this is what they do best. They let people do what they do. And this guy is a good, ver- a great version of that. Yeah, he, I think going to Marco Stunt, I think what makes him great is they are very aware of his size and they don't pretend like he's something he's not. And they have fun with it and he does a good job. Um, as you mentioned, Lute, uh, Luchasaurus is a star as well. I want to see him do big things. Are these guys tag team champion bound? Uh, Cedric, do you think that's what's next for, for Jungle Express? I mean, that seems to be their next destination, right? I don't think they need it. I don't think their their yeah. gimmick needs it at all, man. I think they could just come out, put on great matches. We're seeing like the evolution of Luchasaurus every week. He's giving us something new. That standing backflip was amazing. But I gotta tell you guys, I'm in the minority on this match. This match I didn't uh, like at all. What? <laughs> what? I, I actually didn't like this match. I, there was a sequence in the match where nothing was sold after Warlow took the poison rana, and it was just no sell after no sell, and that just that did it for me. That did. It I, for me. I thought it was too much no selling. Someone, someone, someone cut Seth's feed. We don't need this anymore. <laughs> we don't need this anymore. <laughs> uh, that I, I, I disagree, but it's fair. Fair enough. I will, I will say that I love the tease of, of Wardlow and MJF. And I love that it wasn't a blatant. I love that MJF yelled at him before the accidental hit, because now yes. it's like, what, what are they going to do? There's so much stuff and so many things to unpack with that. Speaking of things to unpack, we got a promo from Taz. We got a promo Ooh. from Taz. Cedric, even though I shouldn't go back to you for anything because you disagreed on that first <laughs> match, I'm going to let you take this one. Man, how did you feel about this promo? I'm going to let you unpack it. I'm going to let you just start from the top. How did you feel about the promo Taz cut on John Moxley? One, I am the king of petty, and I love that he took the, the, the COVID-19 shot at WWE, and we don't yes. run a sloppy ship. And then, and then taking even more shots at, hey, we know you got tested twice. You can come back and get tested next week, but obviously you want to build yourself up and give yourself more time to fight Brian Cage. So he's putting Brian Cage over with every single word, and we know as fans what's going on behind the scenes and why Moxley isn't here, but – Building up Cage's profile for this for a match two weeks away, that was beautiful. It's perfect. I 100% agree. I like, you know, at first I was like, I'll be, I'll be honest, there's a part of me that's like, look, it's, a, you know, I don't want to get into the whole ratings war thing. I don't want to talk about all this stuff because I'm a fan of both shows. But we can clearly see, based on the special naming conventions and things like that that are happening, there's so clearly competition, which, by the way, I am all for. It makes everything better. But if we're going to go all out and we're going to start naming our shows specialty shows and doing all this, let's just call it out. Let's call it what it is and say there's a ratings war. We don't run a sloppy ship. I loved it. And I also love that they brought in COVID as part of the story because it's a true story. It's true, you know, and it's, it's what we're going through. But I think it was also a sneaky way of saying Moxley's tested negative. So when he does come back, we're not doing anything risky because he's been tested. 
Now they pushed it two weeks away. Josh, this is when this is going to go down at fight for the fallen. I think it's very clever that AEW added kind of a third week to the special names after the other guys had a two week show. Uh, did you like this promo? Do you like that? They made it a little real. I definitely did. I definitely loved Taz's delivery on it because it's a throwback to what he was in ECW, just a hard nose, just a heelish brutish type of thing. But over the years, since he hasn't been wrestling, he's he's more or less improved on his speaking skills. So this delivery on the promo tonight was absolutely amazing. And not to mention his uh, move of the week, where he was trying to uh, upsell John Moxley's paradigm shift, but he said the only problem with that is he can't hook it on a big guy, especially someone like Brian Cage. And I thought that was to the T perfect. Uh, real quick, we are low on time, but Sean, I want to get your thoughts on that promo. I thought it was the, the moment of the night. I didn't realize First, you could catch well, this, but think? apparently Moxley got a case of the chicken shits. Wow. <laughs> Taz is on point. I love this whole thing. I'm with everybody <laughs> here. Uh, he, he just nailed this thing. I love that they called out. I love they bring the truth in. I mean, you know, we all know the best things are based in truth. Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's, what's really going on. And they were able to parlay another night of wrestling into it. So good on them for, you know, for just being able to improvise and go with it and make it happen. So I'm excited for this match though. That's for sure. Good things all around and Speaking of good things all around, it is we're running out of time. That means it's time for the Elite of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, Elite of the Week is brought to you by Broaster's Coffee Company. I've been drinking coffee my whole life. I love it. And I decided to try some of the best. It's Broaster's straight out of New York City where they Rome, New York, I should say. Uh, They make small batches of beans, and they're all single-origin, specialty-grade beans, so they're really good. And they have some of the best selections. You should go check it out, www.thebroasters.com. I'm a Russo Bro guy. They have a flavor there. It's awesome. I had two pots today. That's why I'm all fired up and ready to go even late at night. Uh, So check it out, www.thebroasters.com. Now it's time for a lead of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, we start at number five and we work our way down. We're starting number five. It's Trent's mom. Trent's mom getting the challengers over to the show, giving her baby son a kiss on the cheek. Trent's mom, you're number five. Number four, we've got Omega and Hangman. They defended the titles once again, and they are the head of one of the deepest divisions in wrestling today. Number three, we've got Sheeta. She is headlining the top of the up-and-coming division that is going to be a big thing in AEW very soon. Number two, we've got Cody Rhodes. I thought he was done today, but he continues and he is still the champion moving forward with that TNT title. And number one, it's Jack Farmer. It's my <laughs> one year anniversary at After Buzz TV. So I am making myself the number one elite of the week and there's nothing you can do about it. That was your elite of the week. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Jack awesome. Farmer, heel turn confirmed. <laughs> Boom. Going into business. He said he was going to, into business for himself at the top of the show. Yeah, I so, said yeah. this is this said is it. it's a, it's it. about me. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so Taz and Brian Cage, sorry guys, you got bumped off the top at the end, so I can put myself on there. Um, man, that uh, I think that about does it. We uh, we got a we had a good show. We're gonna have a good show next week. But before we sign off, Josh, we'll start with you. Can you let everyone know where everyone can find you online? Until then, of course, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at j o a l three two three, and Cedric. On the Twitter at said says at C E W D underscore says and on Instagram at said is the answer. And Sean. Sean Star 75 on the gram, Gorilla Suit Sean on Twitter, and on the Council of Dads after show, Fridays at seven, the series finale this week. Check it out. And I am Jack Farmer. You can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as at Real Jack Farmer across all social media as well as the WWE Raw after show every Monday at 9.15 Pacific time. I also do a show with Flobo Boyce every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time called Wrestling With Your Questions. We just answer all sorts of crazy random shenanigan questions that you send in. And uh, that's always a fun show. Check it out. Until next time, as always, folks, do your best. And be yourself. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.